this month of April, we've been talking about this Go Beyond campaign. This is uh, the very first um, true capital campaign that we've uh, done at Celebration Church. We've done little annual uh, things, but nothing uh, at this level. Uh, as a capital campaign that we're doing, we're looking forward to uh, really doing something significant to uh, build the church and to advance the cause of Christ through Celebration Church. This morning I want to read to you from the Old Testament. I want to back up to Numbers, the 13th chapter. And we're going to take a look at the children of Israel. Now, these are the guys who uh, were enslaved in Egypt. They were slaves for 400 years. Uh, you know, and uh, they were crying out to God, set us free. They'd been abused, just the life sucked out of them. The Egyptians made out like bandits because of this whole nation of slaves that they had, built the pyramids, everything else. Uh, but now, after all this time, uh, their prayers had finally been answered, and God spoke to Moses and said, Hey, I want you to go down and tell Pharaoh, let my people go. And of course, Pharaoh said, I'm not going to let him go. I like him. And uh, Moses warned him, said, look, some serious butt kicking's coming if you don't let him go. And he said, I don't care. You can't do anything to me. I'm not afraid of your God or you. And then it starts. These major plagues that came upon Egypt, one after another, dramatic, scary, creepy kind of stuff. Major biblical plagues that came. When you often talk, times refer to biblical like events, um, big miracles and stuff like that, it's pretty much talking about this period of time. These guys saw and experienced things that you and I would pay big money to see. I mean, closest we can get to is watch it on a movie somewhere, <laughs> special effects, you know, of these major things that God did to the Egyptians. Finally, Pharaoh relents and says, all right, get out of here. I can't take it anymore. So with great celebration, these people who had been slaves for so many centuries left Egypt and they were now headed toward the promised land. This is the land that God has spoken to Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. They eventually, through Joseph, wound up in Egypt, turned into slaves for 400 years, and now we're heading back to take this land that God had promised to them. Well, God is leading them, and he takes them by the Red Sea, and the Pharaoh changes his mind, says, I want those guys back. So he sends his army out to go get them. And now they're trapped. And of course, you know, we've all seen the movies, you know, Charlton Heston parts the waters, or the latest one that we saw, you know, the Bible movies, miniseries, and, and the water splits, and they go across, and then the Egyptians try to follow them, and then the water collapses on them, wipes them out. Egypt, at this point, is decimated. They've lost, first of all, they lost so much because of the plagues. Then they lost the wealth that was created through the slaves, and then their army had been completely wiped. They were in a bad place fighting against God all this time. So anyway, now on the other side, these guys are free. Free at last. Free at last. Thank God Almighty. I'm free at last. They come out. They're now on their way to the promised land. And uh, life is good for them. They don't have to do anything. Uh, they wake up in the morning, manna from heaven. Food is falling out of the sky literally to these people. Uh, when they wanted meat, God would send quail flying low. They'd just reach out and grab the quail right out of the sky. 
for, I mean, these guys, it was a life of luxury. Now, you would think, after all these miracles and seeing stuff that you and I would think, wow, wouldn't you love to see? Which, by the way, you have to always remember, it's not miracles that changes people's hearts. Oftentimes, we think, why doesn't God do more stuff so people can see? Because throughout the Bible, people would see dramatic stuff, and it wouldn't really change much of anything. Even those who saw Jesus, many of them were clamoring at the end, crucify him, crucify him. It's not seeing here that changes you, it's seeing here. That's really the difference of faith. It's still cool to see some stuff here, and God will do some neat things in your life, but it really is about what happens here. So these guys had seen all this. You'd think they would be really excited, great people, but all they did was whine and bellyache the whole time. Now this is when Moses goes up into the mountain for 40 days to get the, the uh, Ten Commandments. By the time he comes back, these guys are all dancing naked around a cow, worshiping the cow. I mean, these guys were a mess, and they whined non-stop, just getting on God's nerves. So they finally get, now they're ready to go into the promised land. And then we see where Moses sends 12 guys to go check out the land. And this is uh, Joshua, Caleb, and 10 other guys. And they go check out, you know, what, what they're going to be up against. And that's where we pick up the story here. So, verse 26, it says, They came back to Moses and Aaron and the whole Israelite community at Kadesh in the desert of Paran. And there they reported to them and the whole assembly and showed them the fruit of the land. They gave Moses this account. We went into the land which you sent us, and it does flow with milk and honey. Here is its fruit. It was stunning. It's just the size of the grapes and stuff that they brought back. This was an incredibly prosperous land. They said, this place is amazing. They said, but the people that, who live there are powerful, and the cities are fortified very large. We even saw the descendants of Anak. These were like really big Yomama people. And the Amalekites live there in the Negev. And the Hittites, and the Jebusites, and the Amorites, and the Canaanites, and, and all the other ites. All the ites are there. All right? So then Caleb silences the people. He stands up before Moses and said, listen, let's go up. Take the land. We can do it. We can do it. Come on. We can take this thing. God is going to be with us. And again, if there's anybody who should have confidence that God is on their side, it's these people. Let's go. Take this land. Joshua said, we can take it. Caleb said, we can take it. But then all the girly men that were with him start whining and bellyaching because that's all they've been doing this whole time. And it says the man who'd gone up with him said, well, we can't. We can't do it. <laughs> They're stronger than we are. And they spread among the Israelites a bad report about the land they had explored. They said, the land devours those living in it. Like Pac-Man. And it eats all the people. And all the people we saw there were of great size. We saw the Nephilim. And, and there, they were the descendants of Anak, these big Yo Mama guys. And, uh, and you have to remember, they didn't have guns and stuff back then. This was just mano y mano. My club beats your club and we'll see who wins, you know. So they saw these big people. They were freaking out. And they said, we seem like grasshoppers in our own eyes. We're just bugs. We're little bugs. We're bugs, bugs, bugs. So you've got Caleb and Joshua who got it. God's on our side. We can do anything. But the other guys, oh, we can't do it. They're too big. And then the next verse says, that night, all the members of the community raised their voices and wept aloud. 
they just cried all night long. <laughs> we can't do it, we can't do it. And all the Israelites grumbled against Moses and Aaron and the whole assembly said, if only we had died in Egypt. Oh, we just really miss Egypt. What a nice place. <laughs> of course, they've been miserable there for 400 years, but suddenly they wanted to go back to Egypt, which is a lesson for us. Oftentimes, people are more comfortable with the misery they're familiar with than stepping out in faith into area they're not familiar with. Isn't that crazy? They would rather, some of you that way, you'd rather stay miserable, thinking and acting the way you've always thought, because it's comfortable to you. It's familiar to you. Getting you to step out of that, it's like, ah, it freaks you out. Well, that's what these guys were like. And it says, oh, if we'd only died in Egypt or in the wilderness, why is the Lord bringing us to this land only to let us fall by the sword? Our wives and children will be taking us plunder. Wouldn't it be better? Let's go back. Let's go back to Egypt. And then they said to each other, let's pick a leader. And let's go back to Egypt. Well, by this time, if you keep reading it, God has had it up to here with these people. And God tells Moses, he says, let me kill them all. I mean, when you get God to the point where he wants to kill you, you're in a bad place. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> you think you're obnoxious. I mean, at least God isn't trying to kill you. These guys were so obnoxious, they couldn't take it anymore. God said, let me kill them all. We'll just start over again. And uh, Moses goes, no, 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 you can't do that because then the Egyptians will think you're a monster instead of a wonderful God. And he said, all right. He said, but I'm not letting these squirrels in. So anybody over 20 years of age, he said, they're going to die first before I let them go into Egypt. I'll wait for the next generation. That's why they wandered for 40 years in the desert. It wasn't that it took 40 years to get there. It was probably a couple of weeks <laughs> to get there. But God just had them wandering around, wandering around, waiting for them all to die off. Which is a lesson. God will wait you out. <laughs> all right? So, these guys finally all drop dead. And then they finally all go into the promised land. And they take it and they create this incredible nation. Now, what's the lesson here? Why would these people, after seeing all of this and experiencing all of this, why did they freak? Why did they cry and wail all night long? Because it was the first time God was really asking them to do anything. Up until this point, everything's been given to them. It's been provided for them. God's done an amazing things, confirming he was on their side and stuff. And then finally God said, all right, you go get the land. That's when they freaked. They would have happily been given the land. You know, if God would have showed up with all his God power and, you know, did big miracles to get him in, they'd have gone in happily. But at this point, God says, now you need to go. You need to do something. And that is the call that I feel that God is putting on Celebration Church at this time. Up to this point, over the last five years, we have been involved, as I have shared with you, in a wonderful experiment. You know, we started doing Celebration Church. We were surrounded by all kinds of people who said it couldn't be done. It'll never work. Ah, all right. Uh, but it has worked. And now after these five years, and God has done wonderful things and given us great opportunities and presented us. I mean, just where we are today is truly stunning what God has done. Even the technology that a lot of you guys are watching us on right now in our campuses and around the world, this technology was given to us. This is not cheap stuff. This company that provides this uh, service, they said there's only three 
companies, three people that we've given the service to for free. The NFL, NASCAR, and Celebration Church, which is pretty amazing, all right? And the stories go on and on of, of the things that have happened for us and stuff, but now, now God is saying, you need to go. You need to take the land. Now, it's a lot more comfortable just sitting back and let it be given to us. <laughs> but at some point, we've got to get out of the sitting around waiting for God to do stuff for us mode to let's step out in faith and do something. We can do this. Think like Caleb and Joshua. Don't be like these girly men who freaked out. Oh, we can't do it. It's too hard. It's too hard. It's not too hard. We can do it. And we can do something significant for the kingdom of God. Now, our goal is uh, in this campaign is to raise money to help really secure what we've done. There's three major initiatives in this. We want to secure the future of the church. We want to expand our multi-site capabilities and increase our missions and outreach. As far as the securing the future, uh, there's three major things listed here, but it's, it doesn't really list everything. Um, the three major ones is on the east side, paying down the debt of this building as we pay this debt, the, the interest that is freed up, the cash flow that frees up is really dramatic. Actually, this church is very generous. A lot of money people give to this church, but a lot of it gets sucked away just to interest alone. And it's a way for us to free that money up. The Appleton facility is there. Whoops, as I'm falling apart here. Uh, there again, because of what others have done. And God has given us great opportunities there, but now we need to secure that uh, facility as well. The West Side facility. Uh, some of the other things that are not mentioned here in Stevens Point. Capital improvements that need to happen there. Your parking lot is a disaster. <laughs> We've got to fix that thing. Uh, it's going to cost money. Uh, we want to improve. The building inside has been dramatically improved. Uh, but we want to improve the outside of it so it looks like a church instead of an old uh, you know, industrial building. It's come a long way. I mean, when we first got there, it was just an old greasy industrial building and it was surrounded by a metal fence with barbed wire. That's why we went to church. It looked like a cult. <laughs> we finally got rid of the barbed wire and stuff. We've come a long way, but still, there are improvements that need to happen there. Uh, things that we need to do uh, throughout. And uh, so we want to raise these uh, funds and each campus will raise the funds to improve the situation at their campus. Um, we also want to expand our multi-site broadcast capabilities to be able to connect to the other campuses so it goes back and forth. Uh, we're almost there. We're just short of, and that won't take a whole lot to get that. One of the other big things we want to do is we want to increase our missions outreach. Uh, and uh, there's so many people that surround every one of our campuses that really need God in their lives. And they are disillusioned with the churches that were raised in. Uh, they've got struggles in their families, in their marriages, life is tough. Uh, I believe that we could have a huge impact on these people's lives, sharing with them the wonderful grace of God that we have. And, uh, and I think we could relate to that. We won't relate to everybody. Not every church relates to everybody, but I think we would relate to a lot of people. The only reason our church isn't even bigger than it is now is, quite frankly, most people don't know we're here. We think everybody knows we're here because we know we're here. And we're probably the biggest church of our kind around here, but that's, uh, most people don't know who we are, and uh, we want to do that. We want to inc increase, uh, increase our outreach. We want to do flyers and billboards and 
just our television program. A lot of people learn about Celebration Church because every word of our campuses is covered in an area where we show our program. But it's shown at like 9 o'clock on Sunday morning when most people in Wisconsin are still sleeping it off. You know. So we want to put it later at night and just reach out. They cannot respond to a message they've never heard. Did you catch that? They cannot respond. Well, why don't more people respond to Jesus? Why don't more people come to the church? They cannot come if they've never heard. We need to get to a situation where they can hear it. And we need to take this message to them. And that's a big part of this. How are we going to reach this goal? Uh, by everybody being a part. No one person can do that. And, no, and we can't be one of these situations where we always just let a few people try and bear the load. Nobody can bear that big of a load. Everybody needs to be in. We can do this if we will do it together as a family. A commitment. Everybody to pray. Uh, next uh, when, uh, Sunday is going to be our commitment Sunday. What we're asking people to do is pledge. Make a pledge. Above and beyond pledge. <laughs> Everything's falling apart here. Above and beyond pledge for the next 24 months. The next two years. Now this is beyond what you normally give. If you just move what you normally give over to that pile. Moving piles does nothing. You need to continue to do what you're doing, but this is above and beyond. Say, so, well, that, gee, that's going to take some sacrifice. Yes. Yes. That's the point. Anything in life that has been accomplished by anybody is because people have sacrificed. Some of you are sitting in chairs right now just because other people have paid for those chairs. Okay. Others have sacrificed. Let us not be like the children of Israel who just sat back and enjoyed the ride and freaked when it was our turn. It's our turn. We need to step up. We can take the land. Uh, and we all need to do it together. So we're asking you to prayerfully consider what can you do above and beyond. And a lot of people have been sharing things like, well, we could do this and raise money doing this. And we could have this campaign. And we could, and, uh, we could sell these things and, you know, whatever. And those are great ideas. And we're going to come back to those ideas because we're going to be doing this for the next two years. But right now, we don't need what can we all do. I want you to think about what can I do, okay? Don't be thinking, what can we do as a church to raise money? Great ideas, hold on to those. But for the next couple of weeks, I just want you to focus on what can I do as a part of this church? What can I commit to? What can our family do? Uh, and, uh, and, and to sacrifice to advance the kingdom of God. Again, Nothing in life. The fact that we're even in this country enjoying the freedoms that we enjoy is because of other people have sacrificed. That's, that's always the danger. Uh, and we've talked about, a lot of you have talked about this, you know, the generations wake, grow up in this country, they think everything's always been here like this. It's not always been here like this. It's been here because other people have sacrificed. A lot of people have fought and died uh, to keep the freedoms that we have in America. Whether it's as, as uh, the freedoms that we enjoy, the buildings that we enjoy, all the things that God has blessed us with is always because somebody has sacrificed. We've enjoyed that. We've been the recipients of it. Now it's our turn to step up and to give into this incredible thing that God has done for us. And again, over the last five years. Whoa, whoa, hello. Time for me to shut up, I guess. We'll play that in just a second. I, want, I do want to play this again. We played this video last week. A lot of people uh, didn't see it. And we do want to play it again. So you can see what God has done. This is just a picture.
picture, a small picture of just a few of the lies. But just sit back as they play this, watch this, and see this is what so many said could not happen. And look what God has done. Now let's watch it. Celebration Church, one thing we've always celebrated is our unique calling and God-given ability to bust out of the norm and do the things God has called us to do, even when many said it couldn't be done. We've specialized, it seems, in accenting and accelerating the impossible. From our small beginnings in Stevens Point, to the transition to the East Green Bay campus and then West Green Bay. Then you had the Latino campus, the Appleton campus. We've always taken the next steps that we felt God was directing us to take. beyond means going into the entire world. It means taking out, giving out, distributing to anyone who will listen through personal witness, gathered worship, preaching, electronic media, local and foreign missions, giving out what God has put in us. Going beyond means breaking borders, busting out of comfort zones, freedom from the familiar, going beyond what we think might be the limits of our human capacities so that other people might hear about the amazing Savior who has made himself known to us. It is saying yes to Jesus' command to go into all the world to preach the gospel to all creation. Sometimes people ask the question, what is Celebration Church all about? Well, we're all about people. People whose lives have been impacted by the message of Christ. Impacting lives by securing the future of the church through debt reduction and refinancing the Eastside campus, a down payment for the Appleton facility, and money to secure the Westside facility. Before I started attending Celebration Church, my life was dedicated to myself. I said I believed in God, but my actions were just the opposite. Eventually, I rededicated my life to Jesus and started looking for a church that, number one, spoke the truth and accepted me for where I was at. And I found Celebration and immediately knew that it was the place for me. I had been attending Celebration Church for a few years, but I had not gotten involved with serving. When I heard that they were opening a campus on the west side and that they needed volunteers, I thought this would be a great opportunity for me to serve God and connect with other members of the church. Plus, at the information booth, there was this tall, good-looking guy, and I decided I'm signing up. <laughs> so we started volunteering in November of 2008, and it was great to just be able to give back. We met right after that first service on the west side. A few months later, we started dating and we fell in love and got married in January 2010. A year and a half later, our son Patton was born, 
And this January, we welcomed Emerson Grace to our family. And, you know, since Celebration Church has just, it's become a wonderful home for us and an excellent place for our entire family to grow in Jesus. Uh, it's just, it's great that Celebration loves kids here and embraces growing families. Um, our prayer is that our kids, our whole family, will continue to discover Jesus in this place and that people just like us would surrender their lives to God and be a part of something bigger to become all that God's created them to be. Looking at the past, I can only say I wish I would have truly been involved in Celebration Church sooner. I found myself running away from God, not on purpose, but with a slow fate. Since connecting at church, God has done amazing things in my life. I've learned how to be a great dad, how to pray, and how to trust God in my marriage. Through my connection with friends, I've grown in my faith. I am so thankful for the blessing of Celebration Church in my life and in my family's life. It has literally and spiritually saved us. Impacting lives through our multi-site broadcast expansion. My wife and I attended a Laugh Your Way video conference at our previous church in Nashville, Tennessee. And through a job relocation, we found ourselves and our family moving up here to Appleton. And of course, once again, looking for a new church home. Through the Mark Gunger app on our phone and through technology, we saw that Celebration Church had a campus right here in Appleton. We began attending the Appleton campus in October of 2012, and we felt an instant connection to the church. We decided that this is where we would allow our roots to grow deep. We attended a life group, and soon we decided that we wanted to become members of this dynamic church. We are so excited to be part of a church that is making a difference here in the now and willing to go beyond through technology in bringing the gospel of Jesus Christ to our community, the state, and around the world. Impacting lives through outreach. I lived most of my life for myself. I was able to build my own business as a home builder and architect, and I thought I was living the dream. I had a big house, a beautiful wife, kids, and money, and it all crashed down around me. I found myself turning to drugs. I lost my house, my wife, my kids, and my money. Ended up in NA at Stevens Point campus, where it wasn't long after I started going to Sunday services. I surrendered my life to Jesus got baptized, and now my life is more blessed than I ever could have imagined. If it wasn't for the people at Celebration Church who have gone before me, dedicating themselves to God and to this ministry, I don't know where I'd be. They went beyond, and I was found. I want to go beyond and find others. In 2009, while serving a six-year sentence here in Wisconsin, and uh, well, I finally decided to give my life to Christ. After that, I was uh, I was sent to a minimum security prison here in Oneida, in Wisconsin. And while here, I was uh, I found myself attending the Bible study in Sanger B. Powers Correctional Center, which is uh, connected through Celebration Church. They basically enlightened me with uh, with the Word of God, 
and I was fortunate enough to come here to Celebration Church. And you know, if it's one thing that I could try to do is try to try to help others in the areas that that I that I needed help in, the areas that I got help in, which was uh, addictions. You know, I was a slave to them, to drugs and alcohol, and you know. Giving my life to Christ, he took that away from me, where I am no longer a slave. We are now on a new threshold with new challenges, and it is time, once again, to go beyond. Come, take this journey with us. It will be boring, but it will be meaningful and it will be life-changing. Change brings challenge, but we can do this Celebration Church if we do it together. Because with God, all things are possible. It's time to go beyond. Amen. <clears throat> so next Sunday is going to be our commitment Sunday where we're asking people to fill out cards, make a pledge, what you can do extra for the next 24 months to help us reach our goals, to do something significant, to join with us, not sitting back and taking the ride, but saying, let's go, let's take the land. Uh, next Sunday... Uh, is a Deb and I, my 40th wedding anniversary. So. Which uh, is kind of a big deal. That doesn't happen every day. Uh, we, had, we had originally planned uh, doing something really special. I had booked, I was going to take her to Tahiti, which is going to be cool. And one of those, you know, things that sits out on the water, you know, the whole deal. I had it all booked, ready to go. And and then found out after we were doing this that this was all happening now. So we canceled that. And uh, we're going to be here with you. And uh, you say, well, why would you do that? Well, because, you know, as much as you want to celebrate life and, and, and we're fine, uh, there's only one life. And the most important thing we can do is invest in eternity. Uh, what we do now is we'll be reflected for eons in eternity. Let's join with us. Let's do something significant. Let's do what we can in this life with the energies that God has given us and let's invest in his kingdom and to build something that will touch thousands of people's lives for, for eternity. And that's what we're looking for. Let's pray together. Father, we thank you for this wonderful church and what you have done uh, miraculously so far. Help us now. Fill us with courage, determination, willingness to give and to sacrifice so that we can join hand in hand to go to the next level to do something really significant here in Wisconsin, reaching out to so many people's lives. Lord, just as we were seeing in the videos, there's so many people just like that, and so many stories like that in this church, but yet thousands more that could be impacted yet. Be with us, Father, as we join hands together to go beyond. In Jesus' name, amen. See you next Sunday. Amen.